Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the unofficial WWE podcast. Today is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. My name is Mimi Burris, and you guys guessed it. We are talking about last night's episode of Dynamite Holiday Bash. What a fun episode, and I'm so excited to talk about the whole stankin' thing with you guys right after the intro. Came to AEW to dominate. Jungle Boy Jim Perry. Nobody is gonna take this away from me. This is mine once again. All right, you guys, I hope you have all had a wonderful week, and I hope you all have some great holiday plans coming up. We got Christmas coming up soon, New Year's, all the good stuff, a whole bunch to look forward to. And if you don't have any fun holiday plans or you don't celebrate these holidays or like you're, you're like me and you think New Year's is kind of stupid, I hope you enjoy whatever time off you get from it. So 
With all that being said, though, guys, we are here to talk about the sport, the one sport that does not take an off-season, that goes on all year round, 365 days a week, kind of, days a week, days a year, kind of, professional wrestling. And uh, last night's show was definitely probably leaning more on the sports entertainment-y side of professional wrestling, dare I say, on this podcast. However, that is not a bad thing in some cases, and I had a really fun time watching last night's show because I just finished it right now. Uh, So, you know, that is just the way my schedule looks right now, and that's just how things ended up working out. However... Looking at the bright side to that whole thing is that it is fresh in my mind. I'm excited to talk about all of it with you guys. And we're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit this week. We're going to flip the script, change things around. We are going to do what Vince McMahon does every week before Monday Night Raw. And we are going to tear the script up and start anew. And I think let's just start with the main event first. I think we're going to take a little little piece from Matt and uh, just somehow randomly start with one match and then jump around. I have a feeling we'll just go to the beginning of the show. But I do want to talk about the main event first because it is fresh in my mind. And uh, and I really had a fun time watching it. Uh, as so, as so... Here's my the main event, if you guys obviously for some reason didn't watch Dynamite or you need a refresher, was CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting. Yes, 2021, CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting. And it was like pink Darby Allen, too. Um, so CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting versus FTR and MJF. The, the, they had the three initial gang versus uh, the guys who had their face painted. And wow, did that look cool. I don't know about you guys, but I thought, especially Sting's face paint. I mean, Darby Allen's hair and everything, the whole vibe was really awesome. But Sting's face paint was like some intricate you-know-what. Um, so that in itself, y- you guys know I don't speak. I was, you know what, as, as I'm about to go into this, I just had the thought. But you guys know I don't like the, uh, the tights on CM Punk, but I understand why he had to wear them uh, last night on Dynamite. I get the vibe. I understand the Sting vibe. However, that reminds me because as somebody who antagonizes me for my dislike of uh, CM Punk wearing tights, Zach Smith was supposed to be on the show with me this week. However, just similar to Ashley Mann the week before, something kind of came up. Schedules got a little futzy. However, we will have him on again because I would love to be able to talk to him or Ashley or anybody really on this. Uh, have a nice, wonderful co-host on the show. I do always feel like the show goes a little bit better when you guys can hear someone else who isn't just me talking into a microphone for up to 40 minutes about most of the time so I just want you to know that Zach Smith Ashley Mann whoever else they are coming they are not far behind they're always out there they're always just you know a tweet away and if you want to hear them if you don't get enough of them from the few times that they're on this show and you're like how else can I just listen to Zach Smith how else can I just listen to Ashley Mann you can actually go find Ashley Mann on a new podcast called Kicking Ash A-S-H, and you can find Zach Smith at Random Wrestling, but you can also find him on this podcast feed doing the NXT review. And speaking of this podcast feed, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on here with a SmackDown review with Michael Ritter. We got news briefs with Amanda. We got Matt with his Raw review. We got a weekend review. We have wrestling nostalgia. We have rivalries. I think we still have all these things, and I'm not missing anything, but You know, my brain, my memory has just not been great lately, and I have just not even had a second to listen to the podcasting world, to to tune into. I enjoy podcasts a lot, too. Funny enough, that's probably why I'm doing a podcast. But I really find myself just, like, loving 
like I, I prefer to put podcasts on in the car than music. I don't know why I'm going down this tangent, but life has just been so busy. I've just been on the phone constantly. I have not really been able to just tune into the wrestling world of podcasts. So hopefully the holidays, I get to catch up on some stuff. And yeah, and if you want a chance to catch up on some stuff or for some reason you do not tune in to the rest of this feed and you're just like, you know, like my blood sister, brother, sibling, and just only are just devoted to this podcast, I urge you to check out the rest of this feed because there's a bunch of awesome co-hosts on this whole WWE podcast shindig we got going on here. And uh, you are missing out if you're not listening to their shows as well. So, however, it's, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing, and you know. But uh, do definitely go check out as well Ashley Mann's new podcast, Kicking Ash. That's kicking as if something that I want to do to Logan Meyer twenty three Shin, and then A S H like Ashley, but like 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 ass, but Ash. That's the joke. If you guys didn't get it, now you know. All right, let's get back to the main event of Dynamite before I try to make any kind of or explain any more jokes or. I'm just going to come on this podcast and start telling you guys dad jokes for some reason. I don't I don't know. Um, let's get back into the main event. CM Punk, the tights, whatever. I got the vibe. I understood what we were going I understood what he was going for. I understood what we had going on here. I can forgive it. I also think CM Punk saw what Hook looked like in those fight shorts, and I don't think he's ever going to put on another pair of fight shorts in his entire life. Guys, that reminds me, we didn't talk about Hook. We'll get into it. I want to stay focused to the best of my ability here on this main event because I really did enjoy it. So, first of all, the entrances, what a blast. Just what, wh- how much fun. All all three guys got their own shine. You know, Darby Allen's staying and CM Punk all got to enter separately, and I really did enjoy that. And I like that Darby Allen got his own entrance as well. I think about being Darby Allen. I know it's it's like weirdly my gimmick to know people's ages, even though I don't ever know anybody's ages. I just look it up as I'm recording here. I don't even pause it and pause. Uh, I don't even pause it and stop to look it up. I just continue to record and talk. All right, Darby Allen, like I just did right there. Darby Allen is 28 years old. Imagine, imagine if you are older than 28 or if you're not, I don't know. Just imagine being a younger human male or female and or whatever you identify as and getting the opportunity to wrestle alongside Sting and Darby Allen. It's a Sting Sting and Darby Allen. Sting and CM Punk in 2021. Who would have thought? Not to mention in Greensboro as well. Being having a match called by Tony Schiavone. Uh it 2021 is absolutely whack, guys. For all the crazy things that have gone on this year and last year, And I'm sure, you know, none of us have had an easy year and none of us have had, you know, two easy years, especially this pandemic has been hard on everybody and everybody just has life stuff going on. You know, everybody just has life gets lifey for all the the difficult that 2020 and 2021 has brought us. It also brought us Sting, the return of Sting to professional wrestling and CM Punk. And I'm not jumping on the Sting bandwagon, but I do know there are a lot of you guys who are huge Sting fans because a lot of you guys have a lot more nostalgia for that than I am capable of having because I wasn't born yet. So, anyways, moving on down, though, as I was saying, these guys entered, which was really cool, and I just, I got, you know, with CM Punk doing the, the Sting howl thing, it was nice as well. It was just, it was like... 
was a nice feel-good moment instead of the it's clobbering time. Seeing Punk's face paint at the end of the by the end of the match looked really, really silly. But um, like I think Darby Allen and even Sting like managed to look pretty cool with it. Jeff Hardy too, like as it like wipes off their face by the end of the match, they look pretty intense. Like seeing Punk kind of look like he should have been at a carnival um by the end of the match. But so as we start this whole thing off, right? Uh, the baby faces are doing their thing. MJF, throughout the entire match, right, the story is that MJF is just avoiding CM Punk, even to the extent he runs all the way up the Raptors and then all the way back down them at one point. I'm pretty sure that was just CM Punk saying, hey, all of you people who say I don't have good cardio, watch me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, feel free, CM Punk. Go off. Go off. And uh, so the story of the match was just MJF kind of trying to avoid CM Punk. And then at the end of the match, going on the commentary table and talking about how CM Punk was trying to avoid him the entire time. Really, really stereotypical, like generic carny heel stuff and somehow mjf does it so brilliantly every single time and i enjoyed it and it was fun and it fit the vibe of what this match really was and this match had a very throwback feel to it it had a very yeah just like a a a much less 2021 pro wrestling vibe than than most matches on dynamite have and um and there's nothing wrong with that. Definitely this match was, again, it was a Christmas episode or a holiday episode of uh, AEW. So I think, you know, they made the right decision with Sting, Darby Allen, and CM Punk taking the victory. Spoiler alert if you didn't see it. But um, I also think that the nature of, the, the vibe and the nature of the match itself was perfect for what it was and what day it was on and, and what it was trying to accomplish so, with that being said, I kind of figured, like, oh, this is going to be, like, a cutesy fun. I didn't look at the time, like, how much left, uh, how much time was left, and I thought this was kind of going to be, like, a house show adjacent match. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Like, a very house show feel to it. And then, and then, I think it, it started maybe a little bit earlier, but then CM Punk gets the hot tag, right? And this guy goes off with a double team on FTR, back and forth. I'm, I'm by the way, I'm skipping... Uh, one spot that I really thought was just awesome, and it was post after CM Punk is like, excuse me, CM Punk and MJF are running around the uh, the stadiums. They finally get back there before we go to commercial break, and you got FTR and MJF all standing in one spot, and then CM Punk and Sting standing in another spot, and then somebody takes a missile launcher, rocket launcher thing, and just shoots Darby Allen out of it right at the three of them with a suicide dive. Of course, Darby Allen bounces off them. We got Darby Allen chance. Oh, it was just so that was so good to hear too. Imagine being on a team with Sting and CM Punk, and you're getting Darby chance. 
I again, it must feel awesome to be Darby Allen right now, uh, at least professionally. So I did want to quickly mention that. But so, as I was saying, CM Punk gets this hot tag, right? And just goes off, just goes off. Like the two-on-one attack with FTR. He is, again, if anybody else is doubting his cardio, he's going from here, all of a sudden he's over there, he's jumping off the top rope, a great cross body. He's doing the whole thing, and he's definitely, there was a little bit of a slip-up on the actual when he was jumping into the ring off the hot tag. But, and then, FTR, like, trip him up, do a super superplex off the turnbuckle, and then into like a... a Splash, get a near fall, which looked awesome, by the way. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought we were watching like a fun house show match. This just got like really good all of a sudden. And not that like a fun house show match can't be really good, but you guys, if you've been watching wrestling long enough, long enough, you kind of get a vibe. You know the vibe. And uh, and this vibe switched up real quick. I don't know. Why I'm using that word a lot. The feeling. You know the feeling. But not, like my feeling towards this match. Switched up so quickly. And then Sting gets a hot tag. Not only does he flip MJF up and over the top rope, and MJF almost broke his neck. Hopefully he's okay. I haven't seen any bad reports on anything, but hopefully he's okay. Because Though I have to say, if MJF is total... Here we go. Here we go, guys. Total sidetrack. If MJF ever got injured, I think he would probably be akin to the Britt Baker and probably elevate his career even more so injured. I think he would just be even better. Uh, and manage to, you know, bring even more heat to himself. I, I think he would, I, I don't think it would put, uh, I don't think it would slow him down much, honestly. But thank God, from what all accounts, he's okay as long as, as, as considering if I didn't miss anything, it seems like he's okay, but it did look like a rough bump. But then Sting, again, I'm supposed to know the ages of these people, guys. I'm working on it. I'm I'm slowly but surely memorizing. I learned today that Darby Allen is 28 years old. Sting, who is si- 62 years old. Oh, and I'm seeing a picture of him from back in the day, and I get the vibe. I understand why you guys were all about it. I, I am understanding the nostalgia. He looks pretty badass. Uh, I'm just kidding. I've seen Sting before, just so we're clear. I just... Uh... I didn't know he had Finn Balor abs at one point. All right, I'm I'm sidetracked. Sting gets a hot hat tag, does a crossbody off the top rope onto all three men, uh, and just it, it blows me away, guys. It blows me away. I think about the people I know who are 62 in my life, and they're not doing crossbodies off the top rope, so I can tell you that. And especially considering the wear and tear this guy has put on his body, he really... I mean, he moves around the ring almost as good as, almost as well as CM Punk does. If not, he, sometimes he even looks more fluid. And, you know, he's been back at this for a little while longer than CM Punk has been back at it. But still, I w- I'm blown away every single time. I'm just sheerly blown away by the fact that this man is 62 years old and he does things that I couldn't even imagine trying to ever do in my lifetime. Um, Fitness-wise, athleticism-wise, flexibility, all this strength. It's just unbelievable. So, you know, we get this kind of the whole entire match breaks down. We get a uh, Scorpion death drop at one point. We get CM Punk, Darby Allin, and Sting all running into the corner and doing their little shebangs. Darby Allin just, like, literally throws his entire body. It must suck to take those coffin drops and suck to take... um, the, those suicide dives even more so. But we get CM Punk about to hit the GTS on MJF, but Dax Harwood throws himself, pushes MJF out of the ring like his true, takes one for the team, like a true brother, 
and gets uh, hit with the GTS, then gets hit with Sting, and then Car- uh, Carby. I was about to call him Carby. I don't know why all of a sudden Darby Allen became Kirby. Uh, if you guys are Super Smash-, Super Smash Bros. people, you know that all I'm picturing right now is like Kirby with half-painted Darby Allen face paint. Okay, so, all right. So it's, it's, it's Darby Allen. Darby Allen hits the coffin drop. They get the one, two, three, or CM Punk gets the one, two, three, and the baby faces get the victory, and it's a beautiful way to go off the air. Uh, you know, and and MJF, like I said before, goes to commentary and does your typical heel shtick. And I thought MJF was really good in this match. Was it a little over the top for me at certain points? Yes. Was this a little bit sportsy entertainment-y, less like... I guess this I, that's not the right word. And you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm redacting my statement of sports entertainment-y. I think just... I don't know. I can't think of a good word besides maybe house showy. Just a little house showy. Uh, but I don't think that's bad. And all of a sudden, too, this match revved up from house showy to like a really thrilling main event. So I want to give all six guys all the credit in the world. FTR. FTR somehow managed to wrestle like 2.0, but also wrestle like the greatest tag team in the world all in one match. Uh, and I And I have not been so high on FTR lately. You guys know that. There's, they took a step forward for me in this match. I can, I can certainly say that. So it's, it's nice to see FTR. FTR work incredibly well with Sting. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I'm a little biased, but I was at Grand Slam for their match against, uh, for the match between Darby Allen and Sting versus FTR, and it was really one of the greatest matches of the entire night, including Rampage and Dynamite. So FTR just for some reason have a knack of working with Sting, probably because they're under the tutelage. That I don't know what that. Tutelage, the Tully tutelage. They're under the Tully, probably because they're under the tutelage of Tully Blanchard. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this main event. I hope you guys had as great of a time watching it as well. And you know, now we're we're, now we're gonna get in our little time machines and go all the way back to the beginning of the show because for some reason I decided to end with or start with the main event today because it's 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 the holiday season. Things are different. We're changing it up. We're we're keeping it fresh. Minty, fresh, and new here on the AEW Dynamite Review Show. All right, let's talk about the first match of the night, which was Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. And speaking of fun and how showy, this had a very similar vibe to the main event. It kind of started off one way and ended in a very similar way as the the show itself. These guys are a perfect pairing because Adam Cole, similar to Taz, is like really funny to watch get like really pissed off. Like he's just guys, he does, he has really good facial expressions and he's really entertaining to watch as somebody who gets really angry uh, when he plays a heel. He just looks like he's kind of like, he kind of reminds me of like a cartoon character. Again, similar to Taz is the same way. And I also quickly want to throw out Taz on commentary, which just, was just special tonight. I just really, I really, really love Taz on commentary. I love the booth that we've been getting the next, the last couple weeks. Obviously, no ill wishes to anybody, and I wish JR all the best in his recovery and all of that, but I will say that I prefer this three-man booth so much more, um, and uh, I'm happy that uh, JR is getting better, and JR is supposedly supposed to be back next week, if, if I remember, if I heard correctly, but I am going to miss Taz because he just provides something special for me. Subjectively on commentary, he provides something special. I, I think he's so good at what he does. And, uh, and yeah, anyways, I'm going off track here. Let's stick with the match. Adam Cole, 
Orange Cassidy, like I said, Adam Cole, just so good at playing like a cartoon character heel, but also not too over the top. He's just fun to watch get angry, and that's exactly what he did with somebody like Orange Cassidy. And I thought this match did a particularly good job if you have never seen an Orange Cassidy match. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boy, was this a good place to start. Um, I thought just the way that commentary and Orange Cassidy, let me give Orange Cassidy all the credit in the world as well, but the way Orange Cassidy... Uh, and commentary sold why he does what he does, why he lures people in with like the little fun gags that that are just entertaining, like the little kickies and the little, I don't know why I called that's, I'm now trademarking them as the little kickies, by the way here, but the little kicks and, um, the hands in the pockets and all that stuff. Like Taz did a really good job, particularly as well as I just put him over for like five minutes. Taz did a really good job at explaining that he riles people up by doing that it gets them it gets them off their game it distracts them and Adam Cole in his right did a really good job of showing that that's exactly what it does however the end of this match ended with uh you all saw it Kyle O'Reilly coming in to AEW we found out by the end of the show he was officially all elite we had a distraction by Bobby Fish Kyle O'Reilly coming in knocking down Orange Cassidy and then Adam Cole hitting the boom I think that's what it's called uh, by the way, we're going to talk about the Panama Sunrise in a moment, but I do just want to finish how we ended this match. Uh, yeah, so Adam Cole gets the boom, and then we get the uh, one, two, three. We'll talk about the post-match in a second. However, the Panama Sunrise near fall and the beach break near fall, but particularly the Panama Sunrise near fall is so impressive, and it, we, I think we take this stuff for granted sometimes. Or maybe that's not the right terminology, but we don't, like, I just, I love finding those little nuances. Like, Adam Cole, I love finding out that people are even better at their job than I thought they were at their job, particularly with professional wrestling, because I don't think I feel that way about any other job or area of my life. But in professional wrestling, I love finding out that the pro wrestler that I like so much and think is so good at their job is actually even better than I thought they were at their job. And uh, Adam Cole just proved me even more right with this match because they did such a good job of taking their time and building up to the spot where all of a sudden, I don't even know how we got here, but I'm biting on a near fall for the Panama Sunrise when Adam Cole, Adam Cole does not win matches off the Panama Sunrise. If you really see that, he doesn't, but you don't think of it that way, or maybe it's just me because he always does such a good job of building up to it, and this match was a really good particular example of that. And, uh, yeah, I really thought that was a really great near fall. The beach break as well was a really good near fall, but particularly the Panama Sunrise, considering the very few. It's like it's like the famous sir, but Adam Cole does such a better job. You actually believe it's going to end the match. So um, I really did enjoy this as overall, just like the match itself, I thought. It did a really good job, similar to the main event of towing the line, but but this was a little bit less, like, house showy and more... Um, comedy like it, it was a really impressively wrestled comedy match and then it it was able to at certain points right become way more than that and become an actual like orange cassidy 
has such does such a good job of firing up like he's got such a like he the way he bursts out all of a sudden he's so quick and he was so quick in this match too commentary mentioned that plenty but he's so quick and he's so like over here over there over there all the time kind of like my brain does um but it's so fun to watch because he's so explosive I guess is the word I'm looking for and I think they did a really good job of being silly and fun in the right moments but also having this be like an uh, an exciting great near falls fun explosive professional wrestling match and then we got the story after the match what I thought was really really enticing and um I'm gonna quickly preface this all with I am not I don't know how many people are going to come at me on the Twitter. Probably not a lot of people because I don't think my fan base is big enough to get canceled. But um, I'm not not a big Kyle O'Reilly person. And you know what? I think out of all shows, this would have been the show to have Zach Smith on. So, Zach, it is your loss because we had the re- reunited, except for Roddy Strong, of course, who's the Cruiserweight Champion in NXT 2.0. We had the reunited Undisputed Era minus Roddy Strong. We had the reunited original Undisputed Era, if you really want to go back that far. And then the Young Bucks come out. And I like that um, it was a little confusing because it was like Kyle O'Reilly was supposed to be like this present. But at the same time, maybe he wasn't. Maybe they had a different present. I don't know. That whole thing kind of got dropped, it seemed like. Because Adam Cole went like back and forth with Kyle O'Reilly a little bit like, what are you doing here kind of thing. But if he was supposed to be the president, president, not president, got Kyler Riley for president, 2K24. Um, if he was, 2K25, if he was supposed to be the president, why was Adam Cole, like, acting the way that he did when Kyler Riley interfered? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was because he wasn't supposed to interfere. It, it doesn't matter. And I'll be all. The story of this match is really cool. The story of, not the match, the story of the post-match is really cool. Adam Cole... Bobby Fish, who, by the way, has the best facial hair in professional wrestling, and Kyle O'Reilly reuniting the Undisputed Era, OG minus Roddy Strong. I said all that before, though, and just, like, totally forgot to make my point, is that I'm not a big, I'm not a big Kyle O'Reilly person. Maybe I did say it. I don't know, guys. It's been a long day. I'm not a big Kyle O'Reilly person. He just doesn't really do it for me. I And, you know, the and his last NXT run with his, like, saga matches with Adam Cole for no reason. And, like, let me, Shawn Michaels, look at my hands. Oh, my God, what have I done? And his weird little rib tattoo confuses me. And, and I don't really enjoy his matches. I, I'm not usually emotionally invested in what he does. I don't think he's good on the microphone. Not a Kyle O'Reilly person. I do think he's talented in the ring, but... <sighs> Not enough in this competition of how great people are in professional wrestling, how much amazing professional wrestling is is out there. I don't think he is better than a lot of other people that could have been signed. Let me put it that way. And that's my subjective opinion. And you know what? I understand that people are really into this Undisputed Era stuff. I am not going to complain about the Undisputed Era stuff. I think these three guys particularly, almost more so without Roderick Strong, um, who I assume we're probably going to see one day. But I almost feel like these guys particularly, all of a sudden when they're in a group, they're just a bigger deal. Some people that really doesn't work with and, and some people it does. But all of a sudden when you put these three guys together, not Adam Cole. Adam Cole is always a big deal. But particularly Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish all of a sudden become a bigger deal. And it just fits. I don't know why, but it does. It just fits these three guys. So 
watching the, the post match with the young bucks coming out kind of looking confused like adam cole what you doing with these guys like are those your exes like don't you you with us now and adam cole being like mm, i don't know you guys kind of dressed funny but cute little outfit christmas 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 i'm gonna walk out with my boys though i'll see you later in catering that's that's essentially how it happened um is a enticing and interesting angle and i'm excited to see where they go next week I'm excited to see what becomes of this. Are we going to get uh, a big faction with the Super Click and the Elite? Are we going to get a versus? Uh, versus. Are we going to get a match between these? Are we going to get a match between Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks? Who's going to be a babyface? Who's not? When's Kenny Omega coming back? I want to give him all the time in the world to rest. Is Kenny Omega coming back? Where is Adam Cole's loyalties going to lie? It's it's very there's a lot of fun questions and a lot of stuff to be excited to uh it's a lot of fun questions and a lot of things to look forward to and be excited about because I can have trust that AEW the only storyline like this I can think about that just did not work for me was the Pinnacle and the uh, Inner Circle but for the most part these kind of stable and st- I don't know if the mic picked that up, but I assume it did. And I want to apologize, but he has cancer in his toes. So you all have to listen to that. You all have to listen to that squeaking too. If the mic is picking it up. Um, I don't know what I was saying. I was saying if uh, we can try. Uh, you done, dude? All right. I would like to apologize for that. Uh, we interrupt our usual programming to bring you Hendrix and his squeaky toys. But if you know, if you have a dog, you know. You know, you, you just, you get it. Um, but, however, as I was saying, Undisputed Era, Young Bucks, we can trust that Tony Khan and AEW in general handles these kind of storylines really well. And I'm just looking forward to, like, what they're going to do next. Uh, somehow, we can come up with a hundred different versions of fantasy booking, and AEW is always going to find that hundred and third one. I, I don't know how they do it. They always do, though, and it always ends up being really awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of people had an idea of how they thought the Brian Danielson Hangman Page match was going to go, and not a lot of people, <clears throat> I did, uh, but not a lot of people called a one-hour draw. So yeah, there, there was also a post-match beatdown, I, I don't want to forget to mention that, Trent got beat, I don't know, before, um, before the, young, I don't know, before there was this whole thing, there was a post-match beatdown, I just, I don't care about talking about it, there's so many freaking post-match beatdowns, it's so uninteresting at this point, and... Which reminds me, I'm thinking of keeping a counter on this uh, podcast for next year, 2022. Do we want to look at, uh, do we want to keep track of how many interviews backstage or just interviews period are interrupted? And how many interviews actually go off without being interrupted? Do we want to keep track of how many backstage, uh, how many after match beatdowns are there? How many backstage beatdowns? I don't know, we're going to... We're going to hold AEW accountable in 2022, though. I want to throw that out there. So you guys let me know if there's any other tallies you want me to keep. You can find me on the Twitter, at Mimi Burris. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, it's at Twitter. It's on the, it's at Twitter. Don't at Twitter. It's on, it, I'm talking about Twitter. And I'm um, very not with the times. So I call it the Twitter because I'm pretty sure I thought it was called Twitter for a long time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, let's move on and talk about the next segment, which was Brian Danielson and our AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Hangman Adam Page, going back and forth about their match that is going to be on the first episode of TBS, of the first episode of TBS. No, the first episode of when they're going to be on TBS. So two weeks from now. And uh, by the way, next week's Dynamite looks awesome as well. So Heyman Page comes out. He's being interviewed, quote-unquote, by Tony Giovanni. It's never an interview. It's always just like a question. The person never actually answers the question. And then they cut a promo, and they're usually interrupted. Fine. I enjoy it, but... I don't know. We could we could like switch up the formats a little bit so it doesn't seem so contrived every time. Just just throwing that out there. It's not a huge problem, but it is like worth considering. So, however, there's not much to talk about this segment besides the fact that Hangman Page did reference, you know, Brian Danielson being a P- B plus player, and or he didn't reference. He referenced the term B plus player, and he referenced the yes thing and all that jazz. So we got a little bit of that. But for the most part, you know, Brian Danielson was doing great. I think I I had no idea that there was this Brian Danielson on the mic. Or maybe I did know and I was aware of it. But, like, it had been so long since we really got to see it. So really enjoying this. Really enjoying watching Brian Danielson play heel. I'm really curious to see where he's going to go after this feud. If he'll go back to a baby face or will stay heel. Because it's kind of hard to play this character once you've lost to the best in the business. And and that's assuming, I guess, that he's going to lose. I I don't know what you guys think. I still think Hangman Page is going to win and keep the title. I don't think they're going to put the title on Brian Danielson. If they do, I think it's going to be another short title reign. Not like short, short, but like maybe a couple months max. Um, But yeah, there's there wasn't much that kind of got added. This is all kind of the same stuff that's been going on between the two of them. So, And we have already talked for a half an hour here. So I do want to get into uh, what was next, which was MJF cutting a promo backstage. Obviously, we already talked about the night's main event. However, there's one thing I did want to mention about this promo, other than the fact that MJF is just brilliant. I think, you know, FDR tripped up, I forget, I think it was Dax who was speaking, tripped up on his words a little bit, but it really didn't matter. The the star here was clearly MJF's promo, where this time, guys, it, it wasn't methany. It wasn't talking about how Brian Pillman's mother should have swallowed. It wasn't, um... Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm not. Even, you know what? I'm not even gonna go there at this moment. I'm not even gonna go there. Uh, instead, this week it was CM Punk is rustier in the ring than Darby Allen's knife he uses to skin animals. <laughs> this man can literally get away with saying absolutely anything. Uh, I love the Darby and his creepy clown uncle. I just, that will always pop me when he mentions that about Sting. I think that's so funny. Um, And yeah, and like I said, FDR cutting a promo as well. And then we got Sean Dean versus Wardlow. But I did want to mention, you know, this match is nothing we've seen. Literally the exact same thing we've seen the past couple weeks. I understand why they have to do it, but I don't have to analyze it because we've already analyzed it on the show. And if you want to hear my analysis via Wardlow and Sean Spears and this whole thing that they got going on, you can tune into literally any of the other past weeks because I've said pretty much the same thing every week, and it's that Wardlow is awesome. This is great. I enjoy the slow burn, but there's not much else to add today. So, uh, But during the interview, the backstage, or not interview, but the whatever, I, I didn't need him to be like, I didn't need the cameras here for this. I think you did need the cameras here for this because you spoke directly to the camera, so... That part didn't make sense. I wish they would either just, like, acknowledge the hidden camera stuff and, like, stop doing hidden camera stuff or just, like, do the hidden camera stuff. Make a decision. No more gray area. It doesn't work for you, AEW. Don't stop that. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so I wish um, 
I wish that they would do that. But what I did, I wanted, this was all supposed to be a compliment, I promise. And it was that MJF was standing, This again, I could totally be reading into this stuff, but I really think that this company, and specifically the wrestlers in this company, paid this much attention to little details for little marks at home watching on their computers like me. Uh, MJF kind of slightly standing in front of Wardlow as he's cutting the promo. Sitting right in front of Wardlow. Right, cutting Wardlow right out of the shot, sitting right in front of Wardlow. He's a big guy, but you cannot see him while MJF is cutting his promo. And I and I thought it was something worth mentioning. So, little but little, little by little, guys, little but little, little by little, Wardlow MJF. This feud is a slow burn, and I'm loving it. Another slow burn feud I'm loving. If I forget to mention it, because um, we're going through is this uh, Christian Cage Jungle Boy thing. They got going on with Luchasaurus as well. I love that shirt too. If I had money to my name, I would buy it for Christmas. But sadly, that is not the case. So we're not talking about sad things though. We're talking about this wonderful, wonderful backstage thing that they had going on. Where again, little by little, we're watching uh, Jungle Boy get a little bit more edgy, for lack of a better term. Just a little bit less white meat baby face. And every single time Christian is calling somebody a dipshit. So like... This time we had Jungle Boy. He's kind of like, I don't know, you know, back in the day, guys, if you can remember on the playground, there was like always that kid or like if you think about any show, like your Malcolm in the Middles or like back to, like you know, Everybody Hates Chris, like those shows about like the uncomfortable nature of growing up as like a middle school aged kid and how weird and uncomfortable it is and, and like all the stuff that kids say that makes no sense and whatever else. He kind of reminds me of, like, one of those kids where he's like, yeah, I'm going to take that coal. I'm going to take coal, and I'm going to shove it up your ass, and then I'm going to – there's going to be diamonds on the other – like, he just sounds like he's, like, a cute little kid making insults. Like, you don't – you wouldn't – I don't know. If you were uh, on the opposite ends of these insults, you probably wouldn't take it too seriously. But um, I'm not going to talk about Matt Hardy and private parties promo because Matt Hardy is I don't it does it doesn't make sense to me anymore but you know what everybody needs a manager for some reason I don't know why but everybody needs a manager for some reason and I really hope to see private party doing bigger and better things later on down the line and that is all I'm going to say about that because we also have a rampage review show on the show if I remember correctly as well I have not gotten a chance to check it out yet but I'm definitely looking forward to doing that so we have that on this show as well and you can tune into that show to hear more about What's going on this week, or what's going down this week on Rampage on Christmas, including a TNT Championship match between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara, and Hook's back, guys. Hook is back. You know what? I'm taking the time as uh, before we get into what's next up here on the show. We're going to talk about Hook because it's Hook, guys. Hook, the meme of Hook like lived up to the hype hook was incredible i thought he was so good in the ring and he looked so cool doing it and the way he wrestled with this great aggression you clearly taz's son with the way the way he could uh with all of the submissions grappling and all that stuff hook looked awesome guys and uh you know what not only does punk fear hook everybody fears hook I fear Hook, you fear Hook. If you don't fear Hook, you fear Hook now because everybody fears Hook. And that is the end of my slam poetry. All right, next up on Dynamite, we had uh, Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page talking a bunch. Another thing that I really don't care to talk about and I don't think you guys care to listen about. And if you do, then this is probably not the podcast for you. And apparently I'm not done with the slam poetry because I'm still going. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. 
Um, the one thing I will say is Ethan Page has great facials, and I say that all the time. I think Ethan Page is, is doesn't need this manager. If, if he needs a manager, it doesn't need to be Dan Lambert. I think he. I don't think this gig is really working for him. I think it works a little bit better for Scorpio Sky, but I don't care what Dan Lambert has to say, and I don't think that Greensburg, I forget what I called it earlier and what it's called, but um, I don't think... The crowd was not nearly as hot for it as it usually is, and that's the one thing that gets this over is, like, just the fact that Dan Lambert can't get a word out. Uh, but when you really listen to what he's saying, it's all just nonsense, and I skip through part of it because I don't care that much. It's not heel heat for me this week, at least. It's just annoying and channel-changing heat. However, from a bad thing to a good thing, and because we had the wonderful... I miss her, man. I'm, I'm, I feel It feels like forever since she's wrestled on my television, but it really wasn't that long ago. Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone backstage for the Christmas party. I love Tony Schiavone's sweater. Uh, he asked Britt Baker, and basically if she's scared, says she's never beaten Riho. Points, uh, and, but Britt Baker says she's bigger than Riho. She's stronger. She is the AEW Women's Champion. And she has Jamie Hayter by her side. Uh, Tony Schiavone has to point out that Jamie Hayter lost to Riho just uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. But she says, she goes on her whole spiel about how she built this division. Like, she didn't come in and take anybody's space. She built this division from the ground up. She's a pillar of the division. She's a pillar of the company. And Riho is not going to dethrone her. And uh, and this was a nice little promo. I'd like to see more from the both of them. I'd like to hear more from Riho. But AEW and North American Professional Wrestling, period, does a terrible job of booking anybody who doesn't speak uh, the native language of America uh, I don't know why I called it that. Who doesn't speak English as their first language? I honestly feel like NXT almost booked, you know, people who spoke a different first language better than any other wrestling company that I've seen. Again, North America. Um, thinking like obviously any main roster in WWE and AEW. I really think that we need to figure out how to get past what we think the mainstream professional wrestler in America is supposed to look like. And invite in people like Ariho, who's really incredible. And I'm thinking about back to Karashida, too, during the um, promos with Britt Baker. She had some fire. And, yeah, she had subtitles down there. But I guess what? I can read. And I'm if you can't, that's okay, too. But I'm, I'm capable, and a lot of people who are watching the show are capable of reading subtitles. And if they're not even, they can feel what Karashida was saying through her emotion. I, I really felt like... Um, those promos in the video package were so good from her that I can remember, I can remember what they were. They were better than the match for me. So, um, you know, they AEW and every promotion and, and I didn't mean to go on this whole spiel with you guys. And I, I'm sorry. This is not supposed to be like a tangent about rights of, of everybody or whatever. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I did want to, I do want to mention like that just because somebody is not uh first language, just because someone's language first just because someone's first spoken language is not English doesn't mean that they shouldn't be getting the same amount of TV time. Doesn't mean that they shouldn't be booked in a way where we can look at them just as a mainstream, just as much of a mainstream star, just as much of a mainstream star as someone like Britt Baker and someone who does speak English as their first language. All right, I'm going to move on because for some reason that was a really big tongue twister for me. That entire spiel was a tongue twister. Um, Next up, though, we had the Owen Hart video package for both tournaments, and what a beautiful tournament! Like, what a what a beautiful thing to do, and what a beautiful video package! I really thought this was like this made my heart well up. It was just a really nice moment and a really uh, 
and it was a really good video package. It was really well put together, and uh, what the wrestlers had to say was really sweet, and it didn't come off as disingenuine or anything like that. It felt just like, yeah, we don't talk about Owen Hart enough. We don't talk about Owen Hart enough, uh, and it's incredible that they, AEW is doing this, and I'm looking forward to both tournaments. I'm really excited to see who's going to be announced for them, how it's going to go down. Are we going to get all the matches on Dynamite and Rampage, or if something going to be on Dark and Dark Elevation? You might even get me to watch Dark and Dark Elevation if you put some of those uh, some of those matches on there. You know, while I'm on the subject too, quick total side note, but how many of you, again, tweet me on the Twitter at Mimi Burris, M-I-M-I, it's B-U-R-R-I-S, at Mimi Burris. Uh, some people really don't know how to spell Mimi, so I always feel like I want to throw that out there. I feel like Burris is a little bit easier, but some people really spell it M-E-M-E. And you know, if, if your name is Mimi out there, first of all, cool name, but and that's how you spell it, power to you, but I, that's why I mentioned that. Anyways, as I was saying, I while I'm on the subject, I wanted to quickly mention tweet me on the Twitter at Mimi Burris, if you guys uh, watch Dark and Dark Elevation and, like, how religiously you do, I'm curious to know, like, how how big of a hardcore fan base it really has. I, I know how many views it gets, but I don't know. There's a little bit of a difference as to, like, like, if I log in to Twitter, if I log into Twitter, if I pull up my phone and pull out Twitter um, on, like, a Monday, I see people tweeting about Dark as well as Monday Night Raw. So, you know, that might just be my timeline, but I'm curious to hear about how many of you guys actually watch Dark or Dark Elevation. So, anyways, next up, guys, the women's match of the night for the AEW TBS Tournament semifinals. Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. And, you know, I, I had higher hopes for this than what was delivered. And I honestly think that's because this is com- Ruby Soho is coming off um, the match against Chris Statlander, which I just absolutely adored. I thought the two of them worked so well together. And Nyla Rose was like low key, like there was a there was a sign out there that said like Nyla Rose is this guy's dad. Like you know what, Nyla Rose is my dad, dude. The way she freaking puts on matches, and, like the way she is so underappreciated, the way she is such a bad, you know what. Nyla Rose is such an under not underutilized, underappreciated hand in AEW. You think about all like the low key, I don't want to call them bangers, but like low key Let me put it this way. A lot of matches that Nyla Rose is in or most matches that Nyla Rose participates in, she always if not 99% of the time puts out like a great performance. Like I at least from what I've seen and I think um, she elevates whoever she's in the ring with as well. And she's always in like the, you know, whether it's at the end of Battle Royales or she's like always a challenger for a new champion. Like we had for Karshita, Britt Baker, Riho, all, all the like. And she's a former AEW Women's Champion. Like she is definitely a good hand and people definitely do not appreciate her enough. And I, that's why I was really excited for this match because I was thinking Nyla Rose, somebody who again is such an underrated hand and you almost go into the match not expecting a lot and then you come out of it somehow like just always, she always over delivers because I, for me at least, I always have low expectations. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way because Nyla Rose has proven me wrong. There's no logic that supports that statement, but that's just how I feel for some reason. Maybe it's because I, in my experience, there hasn't been a lot of like, I have, I, in my experience at least, a lot of times, uh, women and men on, like, who are just the bigger wrestler are supposed to play the giant in matches, haven't been booked well, and I haven't enjoyed their booking or their stories or their matches or whatever. However, Nyla Rose is changing that for me, because I really do enjoy what she does in the ring, and she's 
she's got some like she's pretty funny she's got some banter she's like she's hilarious on twitter and i will not ever ever live i I will never forget on dynamite like two weeks ago that stupid stuff with uh the bunny and Penelope Ford and ruby soho i didn't care about that Nyla rose just comes in and goes surprise and like just punches ruby soho right in the face that was so so good guys i again nyla rose is so under like underappreciated and you know what Today, December 23rd, Thursday, I'm having Nyla Rose Appreciation Night Day because I really think that um, this could have been a better match than it was and that Nyla Rose is going to continue to put on these good performances and continue to help other women in this division who maybe are a little bit greener learn to be just learn how to wrestle better learn how to wrestle somebody who's like a different size than they are because again diversity in any division not just the women's division the men's division too any kind of diversity is great uh and isla rose not only um does she provide a new look and a new vibe to a match and a new um dynamic but she's also like i said just a really good hand so that that's my little spiel on nyla rose for tonight but uh, overall, I wasn't I wasn't loving this match until the end, and the finish was awesome. Nyla Rose being on the turnbuckle up there, and uh, Ruby Soho hitting the I forget what they call it. I I still think I still call it the riot kick, but um, hitting her finisher off the turnbuckle like that, it looked really awesome. And Ruby Soho selling her arm. I think Ruby Soho's got all the momentum in the world and the crowd is behind her and she's so beloved and she's her entrance music is incredible and I get chills when she comes out still. Like, I'm really behind the Ruby Soho thing. I just think she hasn't put all the pieces together in the ring yet and uh, I'm excited to continue to watch her grow and hopefully that she figures that out. I think a lot of people were expecting her to be more of a general in the ring than she actually is. Uh, but I will say, you know, that match with Chris Statlander gives me hope for sure. And I think this just maybe wasn't their night. Everything was very slow. Maybe the chemistry wasn't great. I, I don't know. But I don't feel like it was on Nyla Rose because I've seen some of the last matches Nyla Rose put on. Uh, for example, her match with Hikaru Shida in this tournament was awesome. And um, I don't know. I, I feel and I've seen Ruby Soho has had some eh matches uh up until the statlander match for me so i mean the Britt baker match was all right as well but the, the statlander match to me was her best showing in aew yet so but yes uh ruby soho comes out with the win gets the pinfall and we are probably probably getting a little bit of a throwback to the end of the women's casino battle royale ruby soho and thunder rosa in the finals for the tbs tournament I don't know who'd win that match, but I do not think it's going to be Ruby Soho, Jade Cargill. I think it's going to be the better match, and I think Thunder Rosa is going to be the better choice for that. And AEW loves its little long-term, long-term storytelling stuff that they can do there with a the little end of like I don't. I think they thought this through, and they had the end of the Casino Battle Royale, what it was, and then they knew that this is where they were going to be in a couple of months because that's what happens when you plan stuff out. So. Last but not least, guys, we are talking about Griff Garrison from the Varsity Blondes versus Malachi Black. And I want to quickly mention that I watched this match in my therapist's office waiting for my appointment today. Uh, And you know what? It's a good thing that I did do that because if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you know that I have a weird, sick need, thirst, blood thirst to watch people get black mass across the face. Especially freaking Brock Anderson. We haven't seen Brock Anderson since. You go, Malachi Black, just boom. Black mask across the face. Sometimes when I'm having a rough day, I just go back and watch that and just watch Brock. I have nothing against Brock Anderson. He seems like a nice guy. I just like to watch teeth in the face, but Malachi Black. Uh, and so I was really excited to watch Griff Garrison get kicked in the face. Malachi Black. And then he didn't get kicked in the face, but Malachi Black. He got, uh, 
He got put in an E-bar, which I really did enjoy this match, by the way. I thought the back and forth was really good. And Malachi Black somehow managed to give Griff Garrison enough offense, but also, like, didn't give him any offense, if that makes any sense. If you know, you know. But no, maybe you also don't know, because I might have also just made no sense. But, like, uh, he managed to let Griff Garrison get a couple strikes in, and that suicide dive looked rough. Like, looked like a rough bump from Malachi Black landing on Malachi Block. That's his name now. He's, it's the, the house of Block. Uh, Malachi Black, when he landed on his head, uh, looked a little bit rough. But it was cool to see Griff Garrison get a showing. Uh, obviously, we got to see that feud with Brian Pillman Jr. and MJF. So it was nice to see a little bit more spotlight on Griff Garrison, who I actually enjoy watching in the ring way more than Brian Pillman Jr. But I have said that enough times on this podcast. So here I am sitting in my therapist's office waiting. I'm a little bit early for my appointment. I'm waiting for uh, my, uh, my my lady or whatever. I'm waiting for the whole thing to start. So I'm sitting in the waiting room by myself with my headphones in. And you know, when you got to find, you got to find time for this stuff. Like I got to, I really, for some reason, somehow I'm this busy at this time of year where I have to be in the waiting room watching this stuff. But, um, and Malachi Black locks in the knee bar. I don't know why I'm telling you guys all this, but Malachi Black locks in the knee bar. He's going to go for the black mask and then he doesn't. And then he goes down and locks in the knee bar. It looked like a brutal looking knee bar. And, and the, the, just the kickboxing like style that Malachi Black has really shined through in this match and I thought it really looked intense like that knee to the face uh, of Griff Garrison earlier on was really good as well but I was so upset I was about to get up and start throwing stuff because Malachi Black didn't hit him with the black man in the face he just he just put him in the knee bar and it wasn't it wasn't it was more just like the knee but it just wasn't the same and then and then don't you worry guys because Brian Pillman Jr. comes on in comes on in he throws malachi black off and i'm like oh it's gonna happen oh it's even better than i thought it was it's not even griff garrison who's got it's and uh malachi black does exactly that he just nails right in the feet with the black mask um so yeah it was uh <laughs> i got what i wanted in the end and i got a little too excited about it again right now so i'm gonna probably go um take a nice hot bath i'm just kidding i don't have a bath i live in an apartment i'm gonna probably go make myself some dinner and maybe make myself some more tea and calm down. But uh, we already talked about the main event, like I said, guys, at the beginning of the show. And I thought I thought overall this was really fun. Um, somehow I thought I wasn't going to have a lot of analysis about this because it was a holiday thing. But we're going over an hour at this point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on off here. I'm going to go make myself some tea and calm down. If you feel like you need to cheer yourself up, the way I do it is watch Brock Anderson get black masked in the face. I don't really do. I do do that. Um. So go ahead, give that a go, or just maybe go do something a normal person would do. And I'm excited to talk to you guys next week about Dynamite. Like I said, go check out the Rampage Review Show on this show. I know I'm going to. And have yourself a holly jolly Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate this year. New Year's is stupid, but if I don't talk, I don't know. I can't do math. What's today? Today's the 23rd? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you guys before New Year's. So unless unless something terrible happens, which tends to be... The, it's, it's, it's been a pattern lately. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But unless something terrible happens, I'm not going to tempt fate. And I will talk to you guys before New Year's. So you have to wait. You have to tune in to next week to hear me wish you a happy New Year. So if that ain't a cliffhanger, I don't know what is. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to this show. Make sure, like I said, you check out all the other co-hosts here on the WWE Podcast. Sign up for Patreon, dollar a month. You get all these things ad-free. You can also subscribe on iTunes and get all this stuff ad-free. A lot of ad-free options. A lot of exclusive shows like Nostalgia when you do all this ad-free stuff. And most importantly, 
make sure you have yourself a dang holly jolly good old evening, morning, afternoon, Friday, Thursday, any day of the week. Light day, day. Enjoy your, enjoy the time. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week.